This week's episode of Here's What I Don't Get is brought to you in part by blatant theft. Blatant theft. Getting certain political parties into power for two and a half years. to Here's What I Don't Get from North to South, East to West, the only intercontinental podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues and the longest consecutively running podcast on the See You Next Tuesday podcast network. Six years straight running. Only podcast to do that. I think ever in the history of time. No breaks. Yeah, there, the was a, there was a podcast I heard of that was six years gay running, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Ted Burt. With me today... My friend, Tim the Handlebreaker. Welcome back, Tim. Hey, how's it going? Feels like I haven't um, done this in about a month. Pretty good. Yeah, it's it's probably been about that. I um, think that's although, how this show is scheduled. At the bar we were at the other day, uh, yeah. we put on a podcast for like just one dude. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, we've got that. We've definitely gotten that before. Like we've yeah. been do. I mean, which is, I mean, it's kind of the whole impetus of. Us doing uh, the show together. I'm doing the show together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were. Uh, so this weekend, I went back to Tulsa for a couple of days on a very secret mission. And yeah. um, on Sunday, I, Tim and I were going to load out the same show. So I was like, well, hey, let's let's get together early. Went to one of my favorite bars in Tulsa and proceeded to start drinking beers before going to work, which is yeah. exactly what you do. Yeah. Uh, and so while we were there, we had we had several hours to kill before our actual call time started. So we were just, you know, chatting about movies and like fucking whatever. And at one point, the bartender is like, he's just sta- standing there like directly, like he was sitting, standing there talking to us, but not yeah, saying yeah, anything. Yeah. Actively like, listening to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. goes, I, I don't have anything to say in this conversation. I'm just listening because I'm bored. And uh, this is like, this is like a really good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, little was, does uh, he know. Yeah, we should have been like, oh, you should listen to our real podcast. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really recommend it to people. No, uh, I feel like you should. You should have to discover it. Um, yeah. What else do you have going on this week, Tim? Uh, a lot of work. Just I was doing a show today, and it's just it's too big for for something that doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure it's the Oklahoma. Uh, it's like All the. It's Oklahoma Hall of Fame. It's basically the Billionaires Club. Yeah. Here are people that did things in Oklahoma. Nobody gives a shit. This is just bragging rights for those folks. It's all rich people. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, it's giving them that big of a show is just, you know, ego inflation. Yeah. Yeah, Well, they need it because all their penises are very small. (laughs) True that. Uh, True that. Yeah. Um, So I... Last week after, I don't know if it was after we recorded last, yeah, it was after we recorded last week's episode, I uh, I went back for one final um, glass blowing class as part of the weekend intensive that I took, and I got to submit, I got to make some cool stuff. I made this decanter and topper that I have here from the show. I posted uh, photos in our Discord, but it's all, it's all crackled on the bottom. Oh, I didn't need, I didn't notice that. That's, that's a really cool effect. Yeah, and then the the topper has the same crackle pattern, and then the glass that I made, which I'm calling the old the the perfect old fashioned glass. This is the Mark IV, is also crackled. So it's like uh-huh. it's like a set. There's like a theme going on there. Nice. And uh, anyway, I've got some Buffalo Trace here uh, decanting. 
quite a bit of it. So I'm going to see how much of this I can get through before I die <laughs> during this episode. Uh, but yeah, I was really, really pl- pleased with how that turned out. And um, I guess I did a good enough job because they said they would accept me into the program. So I'm nice. trying to get, I'm trying to go back to school. Uh, I've got an application to go back to college, uh-huh. except only to take one class. Yeah. Is this but, what they're basing the community movie on? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, except yeah, I I will not join this class unless Donald Glover is here. I don't like Donald Glover. I know. I know. Uh, In fact, I don't like anyone in that show Uh, except what's the, what's, who's the chick with the big tits? Alison Brie. Alison Brie. All right. It's just me and her. That's the new show. (laughs) But, but her character in the new show is not allowed to wear a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like Dan Uh, Schneider. I'll be the Dan Schneider of boobs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which might be the name of this episode. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> the dance that it boobs and also not children <laughs> uh, I'll be like yeah we're changing we're, we're, it's the CBS we're changing the CBS logo to not the one circle with the dot in the middle <laughs> yeah. two circles with two yeah. dots in the middle <laughs> yeah I mean there was a, I mean there was they did at one point change the Nickelodeon logo to like a foot yeah yeah which is Dan Schneider likes feet because Dan Schneider likes feet like, fucking creepy. Uh, uh anyway well uh we'll see what, what else what else do you have going on tim uh it's been a month since we've seen you have you have you it seen has. any good movies or tv shows you want to recommend no no <laughs> uh I, I i think i've been i've been like trying out a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. uh i told you that i was watching this netflix show that you would absolutely hate yeah like, uh, most like, yeah, like, like, like most of them like like most of them it's 50 percent women crying is <laughs> <laughs> it a new series of star trek yes yeah oh, it's, it's star trek i've been watching star trek discovery <laughs> uh, i've got a uh, a quick review for a, a show that's sweeping the nation have you heard about this show tim called the patient no with steve carell it's all it was all over hulu like two months oh, ago. okay that one yeah yeah it was sweeping the nation two months ago but not really well i watched it <laughs> and i've got a review and heavy spoilers everyone mm-hmm. um the pay so this the show is about steve carell's a psychiatrist who gets kidnapped by a serial killer who wants to fix himself right mm-hmm. and so the whole is like oh Steve Carell's a doctor and the serial killer is the patient, but really the patient is Steve Carell and the series ends with him fucking dying. Huh? So the whole thing is pointless. His entire character arc means nothing, but you know what? They did get a bunch of shit in there about what fucking Auschwitz. Remember how the Holocaust was bad. The Holocaust is bad. Everyone and don't persecute them Jews. Cause the Holocaust is bad. It was like, I'm watching literal propaganda. I don't think he's done anything good ever. I agree. Well, <laughs> name one I thing. W- Brick Tamland. Uh, uh, <laughs> if that movie had no Brick Tamland, would it be worse or better? Oh, I mean, you do raise a point. Yeah. <laughs> you can just delete him out of the movie and you wouldn't be like this. You know what this movie needs? A retard. It really needs a retard. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like he's he's like uh, I remember he did, I watched the movie he did like his first big dramatic role after he left the office was uh, Dan in real life. No, I was thinking Foxcatcher. Oh, I've never I have never even heard of that. That's the one where he he's got like heavy prosthetic on and he plays like a a, a wrestling coach that likes to uh, touch his little students. Boys. Yeah. 
but not a little. Well, like college kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, he like he's in Bruce Almighty. He has that bit part in Bruce Almighty. The Office. The yeah. Office should be like fucking. Let's Thanos snap that show out of existence. <laughs> um, like he's just not that good. Despicable Me. Ugh. Someone else could be doing that voice. Yeah, anyone. Jim Carrey. Uh, Evan Almighty. There's a movie that uh, took that a real fucking left sucked. turn. Oh God, I I I wouldn't wish going going to see that in the theaters on my worst enemy. Like that's it's such like, a turn from the from like a, an amazing comedy movie to like the sequel being a family's chill, like Christian movie. It, it feels like something that would be shown on like live church TV. Yes. Yeah. The channel that whatever channel shows that mm-hmm. would be like, yeah, we're going to watch Evan almighty and then veggie tales. K W H B 47 here in <laughs> and, town. <laughs> and then at, and then at, at 8 PM courageous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I I really did not care for the patient. The show was long. It was boring. It was like 10, 20 minute episodes. It had nowhere to go. The craziest thing is the whole. So like the beginning part of the show, he's trying to treat the guy. But then the later part of the show, David Allen Greer shows up as the therapist inside his head. And he's talking to you like therapizing himself from his being a bad father. And the whole the whole show, he like pusses out of confrontation with the serial killer who looks like he weighs about 145 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Oh, I, in a physical confrontation, I would lose. So I'm not going to have a physical confrontation. And then the, the series, the show ends with Steve Carell picking a physical confrontation and losing. And like, so what was the fucking point? The huh. entire, the entire show, he has all these opportunities to kill this dude. And he just never takes any of them to the point where you just want to, you're just screaming at the TV when you're not like the show is designed for you to be able to play on your phone the entire time mm. and not miss a fucking thing. Yeah. You get one plot point per episode, mm-hmm. but they had to get the damn, the damn shit about Auschwitz in there. It was, it was such a weird t- turn where suddenly like the first four episodes are pretty normal. And then like, somewhere in episode five or six, he's like, there's a dream sequence and he's like wandering through these barracks and all these people are in striped pajamas. And I'm like, is, is he dreaming that he's in a concentration camp right now? And then it goes like, he's full on in the gas chambers, the Zyklon B pouring in and he's like talking to people. I'm like, what Jesus. the hell is happening? Remember Auschwitz bad. Uh, it, I, it was, it was astounding. It was astounding to see that that was where the show decided to end up, and then the yeah, whole yeah. thing about uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I did see a uh, Black Adam, African American Adam. Yeah, uh, it's fine. It's a superhero movie. Yeah, looked like it. Yeah. Hmm. Well. uh this episode is going to be a little different than the last few weeks because we actually have three do gets. So it's no hate November. We're going to yep. do some do gets this this month instead of don't gets. And I'm going to launch us off with our first do get. Here's what I do get. Logan. Talk about a perfect superhero movie. Like yeah. there are all these movies that kind of transcend the genre that they're in. You know, Star Trek II: the wrath of Khan is not just, the best star trek movie it's just a really great movie yeah uh the dark knight was not just a great comic book movie it was a great movie and logan is not just a great comic book movie 
it's just a great movie. Mm-hmm. And like for such a threadbare plot for such a, what should be a simple and for interpreting its source material, it's so completely off the rails of what that is. And yet <laughs> it is so great. Yeah. Um, it was not just like a good superhero movie. It was it's not even really a superhero movie. Like no. the, they have Logan has superpowers and, that is really the extent of it being a superhero movie. It's just such a powerful movie by itself. And then multiplied by the fact that it was this farewell to a character that he had played for 17 years since the original X-Men where he was cast like a month before they started filming because someone oh, yeah. dropped out. They were just yeah. like, Oh shit, Hugh Jackman. And then he proceeded to be in every fucking X-Men movie for the next 15 years. And when it was finally time to say goodbye, they like, finally did him right they they finally did the character right and portrayed it in a way they didn't hold back it was you know r-rated and it but it wasn't r-rated in the way a lot of movies like you go see a, a slasher film and it's r-rated so that they can show tits and there'll be blood and it's gore yeah, kills yeah. like it was r-rated because and, and there was blood and there was um well there wasn't nudity but like there's graphic violence and all those things but they felt like it needed to be there yes. as opposed to just being pumped in. You know, my, my dad will complain about uh, TV shows where they'll, they'll add curse words because it's on when they'll take a show and they'll move it to HBO yep. and suddenly characters that didn't need to curse in, in original stuff now will curse because, Oh, we can curse. We can. And, yeah. Yeah. And you don't, you don't need to though. Like you had, you were telling such a good story without needing it. And th- this didn't feel like they were just, adding in gore and blood and stuff because they could it felt like they they were trying to make something real it has so many great characters like patrick stewart says goodbye to uh charles xavier uh hugh jackman says goodbye to wolverine and it leaves you at the end like not you're not sad because it's over, but happy because it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then Patrick Stewart being the fucking whore that he is, uh, <laughs> immediately goes around shows up in fucking, um, multiverse of madness. Yeah. As like, Oh, he's in the yellow chair. How great is this? And his fucking head gets snapped like a <laughs> twig. And it's just like, wow, you just like trampled on the memory of the character for, n- for no reason. You didn't, we didn't gain anything by you bringing him back for fi- for a, a cameo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would have been better off letting him be dead. The same way uh, Picard should have just been let go after <laughs> Nemesis, but that's not what we're talking about today. And so the reason why I bring this in, and I've been thinking about this a lot for the last like couple months since they announced Deadpool three, and they're like Hugh Jackman's going to be going to be reprising the role of Wolverine in in uh, Deadpool three, and when he retired. Uh, Hugh Jackman said the only things he wished he had done is be in a Deadpool movie and be in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And this is not going to be the like Wolverine that was in all the other X-Men movies. It's going to be like an interpretation of the character played by Hugh Jackman again. And it's cool. Like I, it would be a lie for me to say, I'm not excited to see him play the character again, but at the same time, I think it just diminishes the meat. Like Mark Miller, Hugh Jackman worked so hard to make such a good movie that was a period at the end of the sentence. And now, now it's just going to be like, Oh, actually it was a semicolon because 
the MCU needs needs to have this transition transitory movie that happens and we're going to pay him a boatload of money to come back and do the character again. And I don't know, I just I, I'm I'm getting very tired to, of seeing these remakes and late in life sequels and things where they go like this is the final this is the the button at the end and then you know we we saw it with the halloween movies where h2o is the gonna be the final yeah, halloween yeah. and laurie strode finally kills michael myers and then even while they were filming that movie they're like oh no no we're we're not killing michael myers we have to have a sequel <laughs> and so yeah. then they do the like opening prologue of halloween resurrection that undoes the ending of, of the last movie so that they can have a well I, actually it's not that bad it's funny how the more terrible sequels come out stuff before it looks worse and worse and worse. Uh-huh. Uh, but with the, uh, with, when that, when that happens, you're like, Oh, now these, these bad movies, like the prequels, the star Wars prequels are suddenly getting apologized for because yes. the, everything yeah. that's come since 2015 or whatever, they started making these new sequels has just been dog shit. It's, it's a media Stockholm syndrome. <sighs> That is a great way to yeah. describe it. And so I just, it makes me feel sad for Logan because like you, I think about, I think about the movies that my dad, like we watched movies as a kid together and, you know, and I just imagine, um, you know, Star Trek six, the undiscovered country, they, the crew of the original enterprise signs off on the final log and it ends the voyages of this crew and then they have a little cameo in Generations and Kirk's in Generations, and they pop up in the TNG series. But it wasn't like, oh, actually, um, we need Shatner to come back and play Kirk in Star Trek Eleven now. Yeah, yeah. Like, that story's over. We finished it. it it's it, Let it be done. It, it would, it's like... Yeah, you know, I obviously Sean Connery did it with James Bond where he came back for that one movie, Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, people retire as James Bond and they don't come back. And, and I, I can, I can see a world where in a few years they reboot James Bond with, uh, some black woman playing James Bond, Jane Bond now. Uh-huh. And then they bring back like Pierce Brosnan or Timothy Dalton as the bad guy in a movie so that they can just shit all over what preceded it. Yeah. yeah. And I like, you have this perfect thing and, now you're just going to shit upon it so that the MCU can happen. And it, I, I just feel like so profoundly sad because we didn't need it. Nobody wanted this. Yeah. <laughs> we all like, there is nobody on the internet. that's like, Oh yeah. Logan's a bad movie. Uh, you have to watch all the X-Men movies prior to it. Uh, Hugh Jackman's really old. He's not really kicking ass. Uh, Patrick Stewart is too old to play the part. The little girl is annoying. Like there, that is not the conversations happen about that movie. The conversation about that movie no. is that like fi- it was even at the time. Finally, a good they finally did Wolverine right. They yeah. finally did Wolverine right. And I'm not even of the mind like let's not we we shouldn't cast it. Wolverine just won't be in the MCU. Obviously, you have to recast it. But you know, if the same way we have the different eras of James Bond, the same way we have like different eras of uh, Dr. Who. You can have a new era of Wolverine without tarnishing the, yeah, the yeah. Wolverine that came before. Yeah. It's, it's the same which is way. Funny, which is funny. You say that because uh, I, 
I watched a couple of seasons of Doctor Who when it was new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I saw a little bit of David Tennant, Doctor Who. I saw a little bit of Matt Smith, the guy after him. And then I tried to watch uh, the Shovel Face, Peter Capaldi, uh, the next one, the old guy. Couldn't, uh, it, but by then I was, I just wasn't enjoying the show anymore. Yeah. Um, well, since then they they went through the old guy, they went through the lady, mm-hmm. they announced the next guy, a black guy, and then a couple David of tenant shows back up. A couple of weeks ago, they were like, "Hey, guess who's coming back?" Like. They're trying to get people like you to watch. Yes. Again for yeah. a little while. Uh, and then hoping that because they had, they like, they squandered so much goodwill in that series with Capaldi and the lady. I don't remember her name that now they need to, they need, they're like, remember David Tennant, remember David Tennant and hoping that you'll tune back in and be like, uh-huh. well, I remember this. This is, this is just like what I like. And they bring in the black guy and you're like, this is just like what I like. Yeah. And you just keep watching. Cause you're a dumb idiot that just shovels whatever <laughs> bullshit into your fucking hole. You're like I love brand. And nobody, nobody should do that. Um, and, and I, yeah, I just, I just wish that we, they could have left well enough alone. Um, maybe they'll handle it. Well, I, I saw something where someone was like, Oh, what they should do is like a buddy cop film where Deadpool last action heroes, his way out of like the movie screen into our world. And then he has to team up with Hugh Jackman to go get Kevin Feige to let him into the MCU. And I was like, that sounds like a pretty funny idea that, for a, a movie yeah. <laughs> that lets you have Hugh Jackman in the movie. And, but He's not playing Wolverine. He's playing Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, yes. Yeah. Um, and I, but I'm sure, but they're like, he's going to be in the yellow suit and he's going to be Wolverine. I was just like, oh, I, I don't need that. I watched the original X Men, um, I don't know, sometime in the last week. I watched mm-hmm. Logan a few months ago and then I watched the original X Men and I was just, that was such a good movie. It like, was. That was such a defining movie of my childhood of yeah. watching x-men over and over and over again on dvd oh, yeah. seeing it in theaters like getting Same the action figures yeah uh, yeah and and so much of it was because hugh jackman was such a great wolverine and i i, I, I think I the, just, the best hugh jackman wolverine scene outside of logan is the the attack on the school in x2 the nighttime attack on the school. That is a pretty great scene. Cause it's, it's cause it's not just an, not just a great action scene. It's full of character. Mm-hmm. Like it starts off with like, like, you know, I think Bobby can't sleep and Logan's awake cause he's Logan. Right. So they're in the kitchen, they're, they're talking and he like, you know, he chills his Dr. Pepper for him. Um, X-Men and you're like brought to you by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> See X-Men 2 in theaters this summer. It's blatant advertising. And I love it. Like, I don't care. Right. No, um, and, and it's full cause it's full of character. Cause you, cause I mean, he's like, you know, he, he's gone from loner, savage animal Wolverine in the first movie to like, he's part of the family now. Right. He's, he's, you know, he's growing to like these kids and then he hears something and he does that. Like he does that, uh, just that primal scream and kill like pins that dude to the refrigerator. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. There's not even blood. There's, there's not I, even blood in that. There's and not it's even still bl- great. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Um, it, yeah. And like Logan was such a great goodbye. It was such a great send off. It was, 
I mean, like I talk about those five points of, of film criticism we talking about before and afters when we talk about Gavin about Godzilla, and yeah. it has such great characters. Even even the characters who don't have names that just pop up, like Eric LaSalle's family, that uh-huh. is such a great segment of the movie that it yeah. should just be boring, terrible nonsense. It's it's very well paced. There's not any fat in that movie. Like every scene has a purpose. Uh, it has the filmmaking in that. There are so many incredible shots yeah. from beginning to end uh, all the way up until like the final scene where they've buried him and she takes X 23, takes the, the T and turns uh-huh. into an X and they kind of walk off into the distance. And we look across this X, like um, it, there's, there's just enough exposition to like, this is why the story needs to happen. Here we go. And like, uh, it's really, it's like a back to the future. It's like a Terminator two. It is like a, uh, any one of these perfect movies where there's, you can't add or subtract anything <laughs> and keep it being so good. And I like, so I think about the movies that I watch. my dad and I watch as a kid. And I think about like the definitive ends of things. And I think about, uh, a great example of this is Smokey and the Bandit. My dad told me years and years and years ago, we watched Smoking the Bandit maybe for the first time, and then we watched Smoking the Bandit 2. And then I was like, oh, there's a Smoking the Bandit 3. And my dad said, never, ever watch Smoking <laughs> the Bandit 3. And I was like, oh, okay. I just took his word for it. And years and years went by uh, through happenstance. I ended up needing to expose someone to Smoking the Bandit. And the only thing that was available was a three-pack of one, two, and three. Yeah. So we watched Smoking the Bandit one, and then we watched Smoking the Bandit two, and then we watched, and then I was bullied into watching Smoking the Bandit three, despite being told not to watch Smoking the Bandit three. Spoiler alert: Smoking the Bandit three is fucking trash. And I immediately, the movie immediately finished. I pull out my phone, and I text my dad, and I said, "You remember how you told me never to watch Smoking the Bandit three? And he, he texts me back, and says, "Yeah." And I go, "Yeah, you were right. That movie's terrible." <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I know that it's going to be like, okay, yeah, Deadpool one is okay. Uh, Logan's great. Don't watch Deadpool three. It'll just ruin the whole knowledge of the character because people think they're like, Oh, it's, it's a different continuity. It's totally Star Trek. 2009 is a different continuity. It's an alternate universe. So it doesn't really matter. Discovery, you know, they're all in an alternate universe. Like they diminish the quality of the character. I cannot watch TNG now and not think about how Patrick Stewart is a worthless piece of shit. Like every fucking drumhead speech that Picard gives where he's like, I have morals and grandstanding and I believe in, in like my passions and we have to defend freedom and democracy for people. I'm just like, yeah, until um, the Starfleet says that you can't save those, those Romulans. And then you're just like, all right, I guess I quit. I'm going to go sit in my vineyard for the next 15 years. Like it diminishes the quality of the character, whether or not there's like it's best intentions or whatever. The more you fuck with something, the more it, it, it cannot, you cannot like build an impermeable membrane between these two things and be like, this is Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, Logan of the singer era X-Men. And this is a totally different Wolverine. Like, it's not though. You cast Hugh Jackman to get me to watch this fucking movie because yeah. you know I like the original thing. That's the only reason to put him in the goddamn movie. Uh 
critical thinking agrees with me 100 percent and so i just i'm disappointed it's like it'd be like making back to the future part four it would and i know it's coming they're making a fucking broadway musical can you believe this shit of back to the future part four or not it's not part four they're just making a back to the future musical but i know that someday robert zemeckis is going to die and his dipshit children are going to be like we need rent money let's what do we have? We have the rights to Back to the Future. Let me sell them to J.J. Abrams, who will write a Back to the Future Part 4, where Marty McFly's granddaughter needs to go back in time to 1985 to fix a, a weird bubble in the space-time continuum that is spilling into time and eating all time. So we must go visit the famous scenes from Back to the Future to fix them. And it'll just be like, no! God, No! <laughs> As they could, as they just burned another franchise to the ground. I'm so thankful every day that Robert Zemeckis is like, yeah. uh, Back to the Future Part yeah. Four over my fucking dead body. I'm like, God bless you, Robert Zemeckis. I hope yeah. you fucking live forever. If Robert Zemeckis is ever sick, we need to go fund me. Just like fucking pump money, <laughs> put robot parts on. We gotta keep Zemeckis alive to keep Back to the Future safe. <laughs> you gotta understand. We gotta go back, Marty. We got to. They're gonna ruin the whole franchise. Uh, yeah, yeah, and if it happens I, I within the next like, will or something, that his kids get the rights to the franchise, but cannot make a sequel. No yeah. sequels, no spinoffs, no cartoons, no fucking flying DeLoreans, nothing. You just keep on releasing this fucking franchise on whatever the next piece of physical media is. Oh yeah, uh, Back to the Future now out in fifteen million K on data crystals. Fucking get your box set today. It comes in a thing that looks like a hoverboard. Remember the eighties? Like yeah, I remember the eighties. It's great. I'm buying this so you motherfuckers don't make another fucking sequel not one fucking sequel uh, i also love back to the future you're wrong it would come in the uh future pepsi can <sighs> you're probably right yeah they've, they've really played that hoverboard to death yeah because it would come in the future pepsi can because in the future it wouldn't be data crystals it would be like uh um some sort of like uh non-newtonian fluid <laughs> uh base that you pour into into your uh new non-newtonian fluid based uh media system no let's be honest tim um we we are looking at the death of physical media in the oh, next yeah. 10 to 15 years if yes, it's even absolutely. that long absolutely um i saw i saw a tweet or something this week that was like you know my favorite part of living in the future is that uh every i have to go google what movie i want to watch to find out which one of the seven streaming services i pay for it's available on this month yeah and I'm just like, yep, that's fucking bogus. And um, the the media companies love it because they can make little alterations to your favorite movie and be like, oh, yeah, already, John, yeah, John yeah. Connor was already always a black girl. What? <laughs> uh, and they can like make those little edits that they think that these franchises need instead of leaving like this thing that's pure and alone. This is what was made. And fucking George Lucas did it to us. Fuck you, George Lucas. While I'm, while I'm on my goddamn high horse. <laughs> In any case, that's my do get. Logan, perfect movie, great superhero movie. I I We will be talking about Logan and the Dark Knight for the next 40 years. Like every single superhero movie that comes out, if it's, if it's just a, if it's just like a normal superhero story, it's good, but it's no Dark Knight. 
if it's a like this is the end of a, a character's story, it'll be like it's good, but it's no Logan. Yeah, it, yeah. that's the way it'll be. Like, it's going to be a long time before anybody tops either one of those movies in the superhero genre, and just in the genres. Uh, Logan might be my favorite fucking western. Because yeah. let's face it, that's what it is. <laughs> it just has self-driving trucks in it. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. The it's the story is straight ripped out of westerns. I mean, even you just, yeah, you take his you take his knife hands away, give him a gun. You know? Yeah, yeah. You make uh, you make X twenty four his like son or something. Yeah, yeah. His son that was kidnapped from him. Anyway, well, that's my do get Logan. Uh, if you haven't watched Logan, <coughs> where have you been for the last 10 years or however long that movie's been out? When did it come out? Like 2016? 17? Did you, you ever years? see the uh, black and white cut? No. Thanks. It's the same movie. They just put a VLC filter over it. Yeah. I haven't seen Fucking it. dumb. Just, <laughs> Fucking dumb. I had this argument with someone this week about like Logan and uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Which everyone's like, Mad Max Fury Road is so great. Trash, trash movie. Nah, it's good. It's good. Uh, uh, five little words, Tim. Day for night photography, bitch. <laughs> that movie has the absolute worst day for night photography I've ever seen. It's it is pretty bad. Yeah. It's I mean it's on par with like TV shows from the sixties. Bad. <laughs> like oh yeah, we'll just uh, put turn the blue filter up to a million degrees on this one now we're in nighttime with big fucking glaring sunspots off the side of this fucking people's shiny ass heads <laughs> it's like yeah it doesn't look like you filmed at the middle at high noon in the desert at all yeah george ramira you fucking cuck i said it i said george it. you say george romero whatever his fucking name is yeah. george miller yeah. and george ramiro they're probably <laughs> fucking scissoring as we speak yeah Anyway, well, Tim, what is your do get this month? Here's what I do get. Uh, being organized and having a plan. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing more organization in my life as of recently. Um, and it's funny. I find that you tend to do organization for two reasons. One, you messed something up. You mess something up in your life and you're like, okay, this has gone too far. You know, this fucked needs to up. Be fixed. Consequences will never be the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other reason is the complete opposite is someone else screwed up. Yeah. Um, so for instance, um, months ago, uh, I started tracking my actual work hours, uh, on, on a per call basis in my calendar. But before that, it was because I started, you know, like, okay, Monday I'm, I'm at the hotel. Right. So, uh, you know, I'd go into my calendar and I'd put in Monday hotel, 8am, 8am to 5pm because especially in a, in a, in a, you know, job like this, you're going, you're bouncing around place to place. You've got, you know, you're there 8am one day, 8.30am the next day, back at 8 a.m. the day after that and then the next the day after that is 10 a.m. but you also you got like a 6 p.m. and it's just like it's it's everywhere so it's hard to keep track of um so that's why i started doing that and then uh a few months ago i started tracking which one of them have had paid out 
started doing like a color based system, which one of them pays out. Uh, because, uh, you know, that's a problem, uh, not getting paid. Um, and then like, I've got, like I showed you, I got like new for new, uh, furniture to hold all my comic books over here. I, and they're very, I have a, I have a whole system based on, uh, like size and publisher and all that. Right. That's cause I, that's cause I screwed up and was like, I've got, th- this is, this is a problem. These are, there's just piles lying around. I got to fix this. Um, the problem I have is that, uh, not a lot of people do this Mm-mm. and, uh, people don't like being organized. People just like being like, well, it'll work out eventually or it'll work out somehow. Like, uh, like the show you and me worked the other night. They was, were, oh. here's the thing, right? Uh, when I first got that call, it, it was, it was 8am in 10 30 out. Yeah. A couple days later, it's like, Hey, by the way, 10 a.m., not 8 a.m. Uh, and then we get there. Everyone's there at 10 a.m. And they have not shown up yet. <laughs> they finally show up a little bit after 11. And uh, show still goes on at the time it was supposed to. Yeah. Uh, and we worked. It was a it was a long night, dude. Uh, it was on the loadout. On yeah, the loadout. it was miserable. Three, three and a half hours <clears throat> for no and, reason. And and so, uh, I'm in the uh, the actual arena itself the entire night. I go there. Uh, I, I'm working in there, and so I don't, I'm not seeing like all the stuff going to the trucks. Um, because a because I wasn't I it wasn't visible from my spot, and b because none of it was actually going to the trucks. <laughs> yeah. So. I finish like there's nothing on the floor. I finish up, I get out and everything is in the hallways, not being loaded into trucks because they were just, it was, I mean, they could not, uh, they didn't know how to like slot their trucks into the arena in a such a way that when something went off, went out of the arena, it could go more or less straight into a truck. So yeah. like I was on sound, you were on lighting we were done. We were the first crew done. Yep. And all of our shit was just lined up against the wall on the way to the trucks. And it was the, it was the second to last truck to get loaded. And I, it was, it was mind boggling. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it sucked. You know, the last hour, everyone's literally just standing around. Yeah. Uh, and we have to be there. Uh, now compare that with the show that was on the next night. They were there on time. Uh, and, uh, I believe the loadout time, if I'm correct, was 72 minutes. Nice. Same, same number of trucks as the, sh- the, as the night I before. It was five, not seven. I thought it was the same number, but oh, whatever. Close enough. Yeah. Not not it, it was not a proportional uh uh difference. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we were out of there in in just uh, just over an hour. Uh which is the way not, it should and be. And for not and for not it wasn't a small it wasn't a significantly smaller show. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's the way it should be. Like I remember it was it was at one point I was doing my I was doing my thing on lighting and I thought it had been like 15 minutes since we started. And I looked over, no video wall. 
all gone. Not only was there no video wall, it wasn't it wasn't still on the stage. It's, it wasn't still on the stage. It had been forked off, and I didn't even hear a forklift. So, um, you know, it's uh, and 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 uh, you know, the guys from the tour were like, "Hey, you guys are like really doing this," and I'm like, mm, "I don't know that it's us so much." <laughs> no, it is Tulsa. Tulsa. It is, I mean, part of it is Tulsa sets records. Yeah for like every tour that comes in and and I don't know what it is um, at the BOK center. They have a, a pretty good dock situation, but even at the PAC where they have a shitty dock situation, they'll still set records against oh, yeah, venues yeah. that have three truck docks and no push. And we're like pushing shit down a ramp and into the street and forking it into a truck. And we're still beating their times. Yeah. Like it's for the most part, it's people who, kind of know what they're doing and and or can just follow directions because like you, you said it before it's not hard it's not rocket yeah. science yeah fucking purple cable plugs into purple cable fucking red cable plugs into red cable <laughs> blue cable plugs into blue cable oh yeah. look it all worked crazy but like you go other places and these people can't do that it's like, even here it's in st louis yeah and it's it's like you see so many things do it really well. They're like they have a plan. They know what things need to go in what order and they, and they just knock it out. And like, you get those 72 minute nights yeah. where you, you work 72 minutes and you get paid for four hours and probably one or two of those hours. Was it double time? Double time. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're happy to be like, yeah, we paid you guys five or six hours for 72 minutes. That's the cost of doing business. Yep. And you're happy. Cause it's like it, when you, figure it out into like a true hourly rate you're getting paid pretty well yeah like everyone everyone wins yeah nobody's unhappy by that arrangement that's but actually you- one of my uh like one of my favorite things to see at the job is um someone on the tour who has like the list of everything who has like the list of the the, the truck packing list mm-hmm. and is just on top of things like getting like getting things like you know three or four items backloaded and stacked and just ready to go in a line so that they can just all go smooth run it everything yeah. will run smoother yeah when they have a dot guy that's standing there who like you're you're just pushing whatever your box is and he looks at the label and goes like you're in b you're in b you're yep. in c you two need to stack and then you're in a you two need to stack and then you're in b and you're just like just everything's just flowing straight in there you're like handing off to the truck loaders and shit just yep. rolling on and then it's like all right this one's full it pulls away and the slowdown is because like they need to swap the trucks, not uh-huh. because this stuff is just sitting here. And now, now there's no way we can possibly like get it. it, it it's in the way. Ah, it, it's very frustrating when the shows don't do it well. Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating uh, for everyone. And, and it's also, and like I said, it's, it feels, it, it feels really good. It felt really good as the steward, like the person managing all these crews, every yeah. time a show would come up and be like, you guys set the new record. You guys set the new record and you're just like, yeah, we're the fucking best. <laughs> uh, and then and then you try and argue that with shows and they're like, oh, no, that's that's not the way it is. Like we fucking set records all the time. There was one show where this guy, I wouldn't let them load on one of the docks because it's not an actual dock. And the guy chewed me out for like a 10 minutes about yeah, how yeah. I was ruining their whole loadout. They need, we needed to cancel hands because the, the, this couldn't happen. Yada, yada, yada. So I wish someone had told him beforehand, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And at the end of that, that uh, loadout, we set, we beat the record by like 45 minutes without this fourth doc that they were counting on. And I was like, 
can I get an apology for that chewing out that I got for no fucking reason? When I told you that it would be fine, you're like, yeah. nah, you yeah. don't know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, having um having a good organization, a good plan. This last this last uh rep plot changeover I did out here, the last two I did my I had like myself and my crew, and that was it. And this time <laughs> I had myself, my assistant, and then we also had a production electrician in. And then all this, and then all my other crew, and so like with three heads who who know how to read a plot and know yeah. how to solve these problems, and you can just be like, here, you take these couple of people and do this thing. You take these couple of people and do this thing. I'm gonna take these couple of people and do this thing. We were by the end of my the first, I, I had I had slotted two and a half days to do this, and by the end of day one, like which was just an evening, we were already where I planned to be at the end of of the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, we are, we're eight hours ahead of where I thought we were going to be because all the last, the last time when it was just me, this was miserable. <laughs> and like walking in there with a plan and walking in there with a good crew made it so much better. One of the things I'm doing right now is, so we have to go back to this rep plot all the time. And every time we have to like print the plot and then we have to go through and like plug all the stuff in and write down all the numbers. Well, this time we wrote down all the numbers and I went through and put labels where all the lights go that say like this type of light doing this plugged into this thing with this color. So now you don't have to print anything. You're just like, you just bring in the electric and you go like, all right, this needs to be here. 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 It needs to plug into these spots and then I just reload the old chode file and boom, we're ready to go. All I have to do is now point them where they go. And I'm honestly shocked that no one has done this before me, but you know, when sometimes well, I mean, I just, just yesterday I ran into something that I had not dealt with before and it was trust tape mm-hmm. where it's, it's like a big old, big old receipt that has been printed out the length of the big ass trust you're running. And it's got like, where the light goes, there's a little, you know, box that says it's this light, it's pointing this way. And so like, you know, as hands, we don't have to go around being like, okay, which lights are we putting up next? Yeah. It's like, go find the box that says blue lights and put them up. It shows you right where to put them. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, well, they, cause like it's a double-edged sword, right? They want to, streamline it as much as possible so that they can use the a le- lower amount of labor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that sucks for you as a, someone sure. who gets paid hourly, but at the same time, like if the hourly rate is good enough and you get done early <clears throat> and get like free time, that's nice too. It is. Yeah. It um, is, yeah. My, when I had the job managing out there, my assistant there, he and I got put on this one call. It was supposed to be a four hour call we walked in and knocked it out in 20 minutes. It was, no, sorry. It was supposed to be an eight hour call. It was supposed to be a four hour call lunch. And then another four hour call. We knocked it out in about 20 to 45 minutes, somewhere in there. And then we even like stood or stayed around and, and helped clean up and kind of like answered questions and did some other things. And we ended up walking out of there in less than two hours. That's amazing. I want to say 90 minutes. Yeah. And on the one hand, it was like, well, this was supposed to be an eight hour day. But on the other hand, it was like, well, now I have all day to do all of these other things I need to get done. So I I'm actually kind of happier that we, got in and got out. Um, and that, that's what the forum, the forum minimum is supposed to encourage that. It's supposed yes, to be like, yeah, yeah, let's get this knocked out quick. And then we can all, you know, then we get paid theoretically more an hour by yes. being in and out. Um, yeah. I wish I hate 
I hate that disorganization in a professional atmosphere, like people yeah. not answering questions, stuff not getting to you uh, ahead of time. If you just walk, if you just walk in with a plan, even a shitty plan, yeah, right. Like we can we can do our best to knock it out. When you have no plan, it you're just wasting everyone's time. I feel like a lot of the problems I have with people that like uh, are not good workers. A lot of it is because they're not used to working with plans. Yeah. Like uh, last week-ish, I was working at a uh, local college here. Um, and, uh, you know, they have they had five, five hands and probably seven or eight students working. And, you know, one or two of those students was a, were pretty good workers. And the other ones were just, you know, there's, you know, granted they're college kids, but you know, I, I've seen a lot of college kids with a lot more get up and go than they, they had. And we were doing something very simple. We were building a stage. I built stage there many times. Uh, if you know, like, so we, we knew it was four by seven, four decks by seven decks. And so, you know, we built, once you got the first row built, you just do that six more times. Yeah. It's really easy. Um, and it's, it was one of those things where we had, I, it sucks because it's like when you, when, you, when you're a stage hand, you're, you're always working for someone. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm not working for the students, but it, it, I was, I was really having to bite my tongue and just be like, do the next one. Like, just, like like move do something don't just stand there and look at it yeah unfortunately that's all too common people people love watching other people work uh yeah and i think i think there's like there's two sides of it there's the side you have like the lazy people that don't want to do work and then you have the people that are afraid they're going to do it wrong so they're just they just don't do anything yes yeah um but i'd much rather have someone who like gets involved and does it wrong than someone yeah. who just doesn't do anything. Yes, because if, if someone is wants to get involved and does it wrong, you can then go over and be like, hey, uh, let me show you how to actually do this. And then they'll be actually doing it actively. They're pretty they'll be pretty receptive to yeah. like learning something yes. new. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas someone who's just not doing anything, it's I, I have yelled at people for that kind of stuff in the past. And I realize it comes across as a dick, but like I'd rather you if you're not going to work, you just disappear. Go than, go somewhere else. Then yeah. stand there and be in the way or yep. be observing me like you're in charge because you're not in charge. <laughs> uh, I also hate when when you show up and they don't have a plan and then you have to like kind of put put it together for them. Yes, what their plan yeah. needs to be. Yeah. And it's like I'm not getting paid to fucking think for you. Right, right. No, and that's I mean that's uh, that's happened to me as a, you know. <laughs> as a hand it's just like why yeah someone's like well i don't know if we should do it like this and then like this and and you know and, and maybe we do it like a third way like that second way you said is the way to do it everything will be faster uh, you won't be building on stuff on top of each other you won't be waiting around for a long time while two people are doing one thing like how do you not know this like you, pl- <laughs> someone p- is paying you money to plan this event. Yeah. 
And Todd used to complain about this with like on the work site stuff. Yeah. Because they would like have him, he worked, he worked in HVAC and they would have him come in and like do HVAC after drop ceilings were put in and, or, or after or before electrical was put in. And so like they would, people would take the path that the HVAC needed to follow based on the drawings because they were like, they were a cutting corners because they're lazy and, and B like whatever the general contractor was, was didn't like think about what needs to be in what position to yeah. be accessible for the next thing. And I, and I completely understood it because I've watched like renovation projects go off the rails because they, have one person do a thing and the next person do a thing and the next person do a thing. And then they realize the first person fucked up. And so you have to redo all those steps again because they didn't like put in the inspection point, the the point that would have figured out the problem until after something already covered it. Uh, And it's like time is money. That's the only currency we really have is how much time you have. And so anything to make it cost less and take less time is worth more to me than whatever your labor is. Yep. Yeah. That's a do. That's a good do get Tim. Thank you. Did that start out as a real do get, or did that start out as a don't get, then you turn into a do get. No, it started as a do get. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm checking out. I'm checking in now. Well, that brings us to the middle of our episode, which means it's time for... This episode is brought to you in part by the Rikita News Network. Definitely not fake news. Well, uh, Tim, did you bring news? I have news if you didn't. I also have news. I do have news, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go Let's go one after the other. I'll sure, start. Sure, sure. Um, so we've 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 all worked a retail job at some yeah, point in yeah. our lives, right? And you always have that customer that comes in and it's just like, "Oh, you people are all retards. You can't scan a thing. You I be do Well, this guy is a fucking hero. A customer and a manager were filmed arguing over slow moving law and long line at the one and only open register at a Dollar Tree location earlier this week. The manager tells the customer that the location is short staffed and that he'd be happy to hire the complaining customer on the spot. On the spot. Uh, the the manager saying, are you planning to hire? I'll hire you on the spot. Can you ring? Can you ring? Um, I'm offering you a job. I need the help. I don't have people. And uh, the guy just kind of like blows him off because he doesn't actually want to be yeah. a part of the solution. He just wants yeah. to complain. Um, and surprisingly, all the comments were, were very positive on the manager's side. People are talking about how almost every Dollar Tree is short-staffed. People complain about the lines, but only see one person out there doing their best. Because it's, a, let's face it, it's a store where everything costs, well, now everything costs more than a dollar. Yeah. Thanks, Joe Biden. Appreciate that. Um, so you can't afford to pay someone $15 an hour minimum wage to you can't pay four people to man- monitor lines if you don't have people coming in yeah, to yeah. move that kind of thing. Um, another another commenter said, as a retail worker myself, I've said this many times to customers who complain, we're doing our, we're doing our best, even if you, uh, if you want it to be better, fill out an application. I used to say that to people who complained about when I was running things in Tulsa. They'd be like, no, this needs to be done this way. This needs to be done this way. And I'd be like, there is a, uh, there are currently two assistant business rep positions available uh, if you want to apply, please contact, and I'd give them whatever yeah. the contact was. <laughs> um, it, these, like, I, I'm, I'm, I hate these people. I hate these people that just want to be like, "Oh, these are problems," and then when the solution is presented, don't want to fucking fix it because then that would inconvenience them. And like, <laughs> then just shut the fuck up. Those are your options. If 
if you're complaining and someone gives you a solution, you don't take the solution, shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I hope this manager gets a dollar. According to Payscale, cashiers at Dollar Tree can expect to earn between seven and twelve dollars an hour. Uh, in a report from to investors in August of this year, Dollar Tree said that its earnings increased over the past year, despite so the hiring difficulties. Uh, it was yeah. Oh, so their so their workers are working harder, longer hours to give them. Like that, if so, if their revenue increased despite a hiring, despite hiring problems, that means their people are selling better. Probably like they're doing more work. They're getting more people through there. Uh, here's the video. Oh, said, let's all just walk out. Yeah, we need another register open. The deal to close the sale. Are right you there. planning to hire? I'll hire you on the spot. Can you behind the register. Can you ring? Can you ring? Can you ring? I'm sorry. I don't know that. I'm sorry to have that. No, no, I can't. I can't take this job. I can't do that. I don't have fingers. Sorry, I don't. I don't have a thumb. Uh, my, I don't have my mother my mother died in a freak register accident <laughs> that's the thing i've suggested this before right like you go to a, a fe- well actually dick Mashman suggested this the biggest problem in the universe you go to one of those festivals where they serve beer yeah and yeah. the line's really long and you're like i'm a deputy bartender and you go yeah. get to serve beer for half an hour and then you get a free beer you get out of line there you go like let's do it let's start fucking fixing the problem by chipping in uh, put in those. Uh, one thing about Dollar Tree, though, I will say this: this is really annoying. So they have to fucking scan everything. Like everything costs a dollar. Just go like, uh, <laughs> you got one glass topper, you got one decanter, you got one glass, you got one cup. That's four dollars. Uh, one, <laughs> two, three, but they four. Got, they got to scan and be like, boop, uh, and then just like no returns. If you return something to the dollar store, you need to kill yourself. Uh, <laughs> if you really need that money back? There's something seriously wrong with you. Seriously wrong with your finances. I mean, while you are shopping in the dollar store. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to return this uh, pre-packaged uh, one tiny boneless pork chop. <laughs> I need to return this three liter of uh, root beer that's the brand you've never heard of. <laughs> I'd like to return uh, this single hot pocket, please. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, what's your first news story, Tim? Um, my news story is about uh, it's about a company that we've all heard of. They uh, they really like to get in on the um, uh, on the ads. You know, they uh, they pay they pay uh, a lot of YouTubers to uh, to uh, you know sing their praises. I'm talking about Hello Fresh. Oh, I thought you were going to say Raid Shadow Legends. No, that's, I mean, Raid Shadow <laughs> Legends at this point. <laughs> here's here's my thing with Raid Shadow Legends, right? The reason I don't like Raid Shadow Legends uh, is because of their ads. Not necessarily, like, because the ads are bad or the, or even that, that, like, they are the most prolific, like, YouTube advertiser out there. It's because they have length requirements for their ads. So if you're watching a five minute video for a guy that has a raid shadow legends, uh, ad deal two and a half of those minutes are the ad. 
Oh Jesus, that's how long those ads need to be. Oh yeah, they, they're. I think they're. It's, it's a two. It's like it's. It's it's, a, it's either a minute and a half or two minute minimum. Five uh, five times on the arrow key. The thing that bothers me is that the the ads are just like a blatant lie. Like, well, well, the number one Gamel game of twenty twenty is now even <laughs> better. Like now it's it sucked then, and it sucks now. Yeah. Anyway, so Hello Fresh. Yeah. So um, Hello Fresh was subject to an investigation. Now, he, now here's the thing, right? I take this with a grain of salt because this is not the important part of the story. The investigation was by PETA. Mm-hmm. Um, PETA is claiming that uh, at 57 operations in nine provinces of Thailand, uh, in the in the places that HelloFresh uses, monkeys are chained, whipped, beaten, and forced to spend long hours. <laughs> picking coconuts for coconut milk. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and usually I say, Oh, that's PETA who like, you know, they're probably making this up. Who cares? Yeah. But the best part about the story is that, um, hello fresh had receipts. They had receipts oh. ready. They were, they were like, uh, uh-uh, PETA, you are, you we're, we're not mistreating monkeys specifically <laughs> because they put out a statement saying that the company receives written assurances from its suppliers that its coconuts are not procured using monkeys. Quote, HelloFresh strictly condemns any use of monkey labor in its supply chain, and we take a hard position of not procuring from suppliers or selling coconut products from which have been found to use monkey labor. We have a written confirmation from all our suppliers in the U.S. and globally that they do not engage in these practices. Who fucking cares? They're monkeys. Uh, they don't fucking deserve rights. They don't deserve to live. Fucking kill all the monkeys. Monkeys, big problem. Vote it up. Fucking unironically <laughs> fuck monkeys. Uh, fucking may, make them do literally anything other than throwing their shit and screeching like fucking chattel. Uh, there was a word there in the middle that I skipped, but fuck, fuck monkeys. Better they fucking <laughs> harvest coconuts than do whatever the fuck else they're doing. Uh-huh. And fuck HelloFresh for not using fucking monkey labor. I'm gonna open a company that exclusively uses monkey labor. That was that's what I was gonna say. The whole thing is like I want I want animal cruelty products. That's what I want. <laughs> There's no fucking choice. You cannot you there you cannot support breast cancer. There's everything's gotta have a fucking pink ribbon on it. But you can't fucking be like no no no. I support breast cancer. You can't fucking put on all these fucking dating sites. It's like yeah I love gay marriage. I love being vaccinated. I'm voting Democrat. There are no alternatives to that. You cannot choose a company that uses animal cruelty in their products. It's not a fucking choice. I want animal cruel things. I want things where they fucking beat the cows to death with hammers out in the field. I want monkeys harvesting my goddamn bananas. I want fucking dogs being experimented on. I want birds that just get plucked for no fucking reason. I want chickens that are just crammed into a little box and just force-fed protein until they have nice, beautiful, healthy breasts and turn into nuggets. I want animal cruelty. Make animal cruelty great again. That's my new fucking slogan. <laughs> MAGA. It's even better than MAGA. <laughs> it's also it's also what Apple users say. MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but I mean, I think they should really take. They should have. They should have been like, hold on, hold on a minute. <laughs> Right. What would minute. what would most people not love? Like you get your HelloFresh package, and it's like 
you scan this QR code to see um to see a picture of the guy who of of see see a picture of someone like making your food that you mm-hmm. just bought and you scan the QR code and there's like a happy little monkey cracking some coconuts. No, not a happy People. monkey, a sad, tortured, <laughs> pathetic monkey that's being fle- eaten by fleas and fucking on the verge of death. Fuck monkeys. Fucking take them all, launch them into space. Sputnik did not go far enough. Fucking finger talk. Well, you, I, I, I got another news story for you. This one is from correspondent dad cucks. It's from Seattle, Washington. A rideshare driver picked up a woman trying to escape a pimp and ended up in a shootout that resulted in the woman being <laughs> taken safely into police care. <laughs> uh, so Local 12 identified the woman as H.A., noting that she broke an ankle jumping from a third-story window Saturday in an effort to escape pimp William Burt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bitches better not be messing with my hoes in Seattle that's all I'm saying <laughs> Bert was able to recapture her at which time he allegedly held her at gunpoint and told her she could leave but only after he knocked out all her teeth that's right <laughs> Bert, <don't play. laughs> bitch you wanna leave you ain't leaving no fucking teeth I'll tell you that right now <laughs> Somehow she escaped from Bert's car while topless and ran across a six-lane highway seeking help. She eventually sat in the middle of the highway hoping someone would come to her aid. Uh, it was reported that a rideshare driver in a van stopped and picked her up and raced off, and Bert followed and began shooting at the van, at which time the rideshare driver returned fire! <laughs> William Burt was arrested uh, Sunday and held on a $750,000 bond. The, the sad thing is, here's the sad thing, Tim. You want to hear the sad part of this story? Sure. Rideshare driver? Probably fired. Oh, probably. Yeah. Because you're not allowed to carry as one of those drivers. And so the fact that he discharges weapon, even though he saved a woman's life, probably result in the end of his career. Think about this from his perspective, though. Like he's he's doing his rideshare thing, right? Mm -hmm. He's driving around. He's Uber or Lyft, right? Yeah. He's he's Ubering around, and then he you know he's he's going on to his next stop, or maybe he's looking around for a stop, and there's a naked lady in the street. Yeah. There's a big titty right on display. Yeah, right on display. And he goes up and he's like, hey, how's it going? She's like, oh, please be my knight in shining armor. Please help me. And he's like, sure, come on in. Uh, hoping he can get something out of this, right? And he's like, so uh, so, so, where are you going to? And uh, and he's taking a right turn. And then pop, 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 pop. Oh, shit. He's getting shot at, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, some crazy dude is shooting at me. I haven't got I haven't got a chance to use this new guy yet. I just got this I just got this piece. And uh so uh you know he like pulls a quick Yui and fires some out the window. Well, let me just say this. If you know who this rideshare driver is, uh let me know. The family's gonna have him taken care of. Let me yeah. just let's yeah. let's make sure yeah. that people understand that. Yeah, your uncle Bill's got some uh some uh, some hole down in <coughs> Seattle. Yeah, uh that's true. We burst on play. Uh-huh. Anyway, do you have another news story for us? I do have a news story. And speaking of prostitutes, um, a Texas woman made a spooky discovery about her rental home in Gainesville after several different renters claimed it was haunted. Oh, uh, no. The owner of the house said that uh, uh, earlier this week she was taking a shower when she heard someone say, looking good. She thought it was her husband. They were the only ones in the house. However, it was not her husband making the comments. So she figures it's a ghost. 
She said, I spoke to him. You know, he told me I was looking good. I said, thank you. And I asked him what he had been doing that day. And we had a conversation and then he left. Just being dead. Yeah. Um, She says that, um, but she also believes the home has many different types of ghosts. She says, we've got kids, we've got old people, old guys, we've, and we've got hookers. She says, the hookers are the most common type of ghost that comes around the house. Um, she said that male ranchers have told her they have felt someone stroking their face, stroking their arm, or touching their shoulder. Yeah, um, this is a scene from Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the um, ranchers said that the good thing about a hooker ghost <laughs> was that you don't have to pay it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, does give icy hand jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, the owner said, I guess they're trying to stir a business, but they can't figure out a way to conclude the transaction. So nothing ever happens. Um, <laughs> the owner said that a ghost did follow a renter home one time, but eventually got tired. She said she told the man to tell the ghost to, to go home. And they did. <laughs> they came back to the house. Uh, apparently the rental home has reportedly since been a popular spot in recent months for paranormal investigators staying the night to figure out the alleged phenomena tonight on unsolved mysteries, <laughs> haunted hookers, haunted hookers. Aren't they real? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been Riketa news network is definitely not fake news. And that takes care of our legal obligations this week, Tim, but you know what that doesn't take care of what? Busting them hooker ghosts, because oh, you know yeah. what? Busting makes me feel good. Uh-huh. And if you want to help us bust in some hookers, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG, which stands for... Here's what I don't get. Which is the name of the show. And over there, we have five tiers. We have the one buck tier, which gets you early access each, each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes. We have a $2 tier. We throw random bits and bobs. We do now and again. We have a $5 tier. We do our monthly bonus episodes. Here's what I do get, which sounds especially like this episode uh-huh. and all the episodes in November. We have our $10 tier where you, the fans submit a film, you vote on what film we watch and we watch it and record a feature link commentary. And then finally we have our $50 spite producer tier where you get a say in the show. Uh, we have a couple of spite producer requests coming up. Then we'll be doing in December. Uh, we had one we were supposed to do today uh, regarding a Godzilla movie, but I did not have the time to watch the said Godzilla movie this last week. So we'll uh, we'll be we'll probably do it separately and then uh, paste it into an episode. And I will be sure to put a timestamp warning for everyone who does not like the Gabbit about Godzilla segment. <clears throat> So, anyway, uh, also Critical Thinking subscribed to us on Patreon during the episode today, which uh, we really appreciate that. He said, there's no way to send a super chat because we're streaming on YouTube. Uh, Unfortunately, we do not, we're not eligible for uh, monetizing the channel because we're under a thousand subscribers. We have to have like four, they they increased the threshold considerably in the last couple of years. Um, They said, try it on on Odyssey. Uh, We might have to start trying on odyssey again part of the issue with odyssey is that you have to spend like odyssey monero bitcoin thing to stream and then if you don't get views you you earn more by getting views if you don't get views you're just spending their sounds like a pyramid scheme it is kind of a weird pyramid scheme um but anyway thank you critical thing for subscribing the show while we were recording today but uh let's get back into some do gets and it's actually my turn to go again and uh here's what i do get star trek the next generation that's right 
if if you've been listening all month, you may start to realize that there's been a theme with my do gets, and and now you're thinking, what is the do get next week? You have to tune in to find out. But um, I, I saved Star Trek: The Next Generation for this episode with Tim because you may not know uh, if you haven't been listening on Patreon, but Tim and I did a full series review show of Star Trek The Next Generation called What's Wrong With Space? What's Wrong With Space? And we basically like went episode by episode uh, and just kind of did like little mini reviews of every episode. At the end, we talk about like Tim's favorite characters. He was getting into the series. He hadn't really tried it. And then we did four uh, reviews of the TNG film series. Yes. Uh, following that, so if you're if you're just joining the Patreon and you're interested in Star Trek, that's a that's a whole series you can listen to and, and learn about what we think about Star Trek: The Next Generation. But uh, I love Star Trek: The Next Generation. I think it is, um, it's well, it's number one. It's the last series that Roddenberry like had a cr- direct creative hand on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so many ways it took like the the seeds of the original series and really turned it into a more fleshed out universe yeah. um it has so many great and inspiring characters in that uh there is all the characters in that show are worthy of admiration <clears throat> except for wesley crusher and uh catherine pulaski and catherine pulaski yeah. so everybody except for those characters in the main cast not like the weird uh guests but like they all have these characteristics that are good they're like good like Worf is this role model of honor and integrity picard is this great uh role model of like leadership and discipline and doing the right thing mm-hmm. uh you have like jordy laforge who's this this fantastic engineer who like really works hard to fix problems you have like data who's someone who aspires to be better than he is which yes. i think is a great message yeah. uh in of itself and you can watch that show because they, they did this really great job of taking an episode and it would be kind of, you'd have this a plot that was focused around a character or a B plot that was focused around a character while the a plots focused on this problem. And then at yeah. the end, like the character learns something that helps solve the a plot. Um, you have, you have these characters who are, are worthy of admiration. So you're rooting for them. You don't want them to get hurt. You yeah. want them to solve the problems. Um, you're on their side as you're watching the show to try and like solve these problems. And like, that's, that is good television. Um, it, as far as like production values go, it, it was, it was, they were still using like all the things they would use to make movie versions of like their, their film. They're using models to, to create their external shots. They've got like these magnificent sets, uh, the the costumes are all great after the third season. And then not to say that the, the later shows are lesser, but as they moved away from using physical models for filming and as they used, they like TNG shot on film. Yes. And whereas uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, their special effects are shot on, on tape, not, not on film. And so that's why we have these like beautiful Blu-ray scans for TNG where they, yep. They not they didn't just rescan the like film negative that went to, out to air. They rescanned the every every layer of yeah. all the special effects to then like remaster them and put them together into a, a show that you can watch. So yeah. it's like uh, the original series has a pretty good Blu-ray release 
but TNG's blue release is like fucking primo. It's so good. And the, the later series don't have that. So it's, it's really like, I think in a lot of ways, it's going to be the show that is more everlasting. People make fun of the sets of the original series. And, and I, I disagree with that, but TNG has like these good production values and it also looks good on a, in a modern format. It does. Yeah. And it has these really good stories. And, and of course, like there are bad stories. There are bad episodes of every Star yeah, Trek yeah, series, yeah. but on the whole, there are a lot of really great episodes. There are a lot of really inspiring episodes. There's, there's, you know, there's the meme of like Picard's speeches, but he has, he has these handful of episodes where he gives <laughs> these really meaningful speeches. And I talked about it earlier, the drum head. Yes. Uh, he has that great, speech about with the first chain with the first length the chain is forged the first speech the first act censored the first speech freedom denied chains us all irrevocably and i just think i've thought about that quote for so many times in the last few years uh there's another speech in that where he talks about must we destroy a man because he has a blood of he has running in his the blood of a current enemy and like that that is not on television anymore. The characters are not people you're supposed to look up to. The characters are not, uh, Picard is Picard's flaw as a character is that he wants to be, he needs to be respected and separate from the crew. Yes. And so to a detriment, he like creates this facade of respectability that can't be, breached with the crew that's that he's working with uh and while that's like a character flaw it's also it's also a good example at the same time yeah um and so like you can watch this show you can look up to these characters you can use them as role models (laughs) in a way that modern television is not like that like a, a good example of this is like the most popular TV series of the early 2000s was Breaking Bad and Breaking yeah. Bad. All of those people are reprehensible. There I is mean, nobody in that series you want to be right. like. It's, it's, it's all modern TV. Modern TV is like modern prestige television is just terrible people in terrible situations trying to get out of it. Yeah. Like you, you look at these, these, these TV shows of today that are like one, you have that whole ever running story the good wife, <laughs> the, uh, the blacklist, the leverage, like they all have these terribly flawed personalities that have to, where they're defined by their flaws instead of being defined by their virtues. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you cannot aspire to be a terrible person. <laughs> Yeah. You can aspire to be a warrior that conducts yourself with honor. Yeah. You can aspire to be a leader who inspires the uh, loyalty of the people underneath him. You can inspire to be a brilliant doctor who solves problems through following the the evidence and following the information and coming up with a solution. You can aspire to be a person who wants to be better than he is to overcome the limitations of his programming. You can aspire to be a chick with tits that sits next to the captain on the bridge. No, I was going to say you can, <laughs> you can aspire to be a hoe that gets a lot of alien babies. Yeah. You can aspire to be an incel that can fix engines real good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that you, you can want to be those things. Whereas when I look at, when I look at like the modern for- face of Star Trek, 
do I want to aspire to be a guy who, when he is told no, he just kowtows in his house for 20 years? Yeah. Do I want to aspire to be a drug addict who lost a relationship with her son? Do I want to aspire to be a drunk who is defined by the shades of her past? Like these are all the characters in, and and I'm giving putting. There's a lot of weight in the fact that I'm calling these characters in <laughs> Star Trek Picard, but these are the characters in Star Trek Picard. Yeah, a yeah. person who um, had one bad day at work, so he decided to just become a burnout loser and and run as like a Han Solo like character. Uh-huh. You can't aspire to be those things, even when you look at Star Wars. Weird like, autistic samurai guy. Yeah, <laughs> Han Solo is not like a good person at the beginning of Star Wars and New Hope. Yeah. He he is supposed to have this character arc of becoming selfless that happens that they ruin by having him shoot first. But but you can aspire to be someone who comes in to like help their friends in the clutch. Yeah. You can aspire to be someone who is like a good a great pilot. You can aspire to be someone who runs courageously into a crowd of fucking stormtroopers to make sure the other people get out on time. Yeah. Like he has virtues. People don't have virtues in media anymore. Even even like in Marvel, right? Like you look at the Marvel characters and aside from Captain America, they're all kind of shitty. <laughs> like I I like I like Iron Man, right? Yeah. I I think he's a great character, but it, it he is really working to try and be a good person more so than anyone. And that's why I like Captain America so much because Captain America is just inherently good. Captain America is incapable of doing the wrong thing. And that's, that's what Kirk and Picard are as characters. Picard is incapable of doing the wrong thing. Picard could not allow a planet to die because the Admiral said, Oh yeah, we're not going to do anything about this. He would find a way. The Picard that is in Star Trek The Next Generation would find a way. We've seen him do it. Yeah. Uh, that's like the episode I Borg of Star Trek. Uh, it's after Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2, where Jean-Luc Picard is kidnapped by the Borg, transformed into a drone, and for and to use his knowledge to destroy the entire fleet at Wolf 359. That's yeah. some fucking heavy-ass shit. And then in Iborg, they catch a live drone and they have this thing that will wipe out the Borg collective. This this virus, virus. of individual well, it's a virus, it's a virus. The virus ends up being a virus of individuality yes. that Hugh spreads. But this virus that could defeat the Borg, but Picard refuses to use it because in meeting the one Borg, he sees that there are people inside that collective. Yeah. And that is the negative side of the start the TNG films, is that they they take away the the layers. They take away the like moral ambiguity. The show is not a lecture that one is good and one is bad. The show is a exploration of a topic yes. that lets you decide. Is it yeah. a good thing that, that the woman gets turned back into an androgynous thing in that episode where she falls in love with Riker? Is it a bad thing? The show doesn't tell you, oh, they did. They're, they're evil people for turning her back into an androgynous thing like the rest of her race. They should have let her live her life as to be in love with Riker. They don't, they don't, that is not, the, there's no period at the end of that episode to let you go. You have to decide for yourself. You have to stop and you have to think <clears throat> for fucking 10 minutes after yeah. the credits roll and go like, well, what was that episode really about? Um, 
it was it's a type of television that I don't think will ever return because it takes you cannot enjoy that while looking into the hate rectangle. Yeah. You cannot absorb it while looking into the hate rectangle. It's a show that's meant to be watched and enjoyed. It's a it's a time it was a time when you turned on the television to watch what you were watching, not to just have noise while you fucking watched TikToks or whatever other stupid shit on your phone while so the person next to you watches other stupid TikToks and other shit on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like that when I that was why when I'm watching the patient, I was like, I can play on my phone an entire episode. And not miss what is happening in the show because there's absolutely no depth. Yeah. And that's, man, which is, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I think, and I, I will say like, that's a thing that is limited to prestige television because I've been, you know, you know, I, I, I would call it a guilty pleasure, but I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Um, one of mine being law and order SVU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, anytime I've been having some free time lately, I'll throw it on the TV. Right. And I, I say throw it on the TV, but like, I'll find myself not paying attention to it and doing something else for five or 10 minutes. And then looking up and being like, I have no idea how we got to this point. I missed <laughs> something. I missed something. You missed I missed a clue. I missed a clue. I have to go back and see like what weird New Yorker told them to go there. Um, because like the, cause like that show, right. has to be able to go on season after season, after season, after season, after season. And you know, at that point, like they, they're going to rehab, like, you know, every story is, a, every episode is about, Oh, uh, some hooker said she got raped. Right. And they have to find out, you know, they have to go through the pimp and it's, it wasn't the pimp. It wasn't the John, right. It wasn't the dad. Like they have to go through all these, these steps to, you know, it's different per episode because they have, cause that's the, like every episode is, is, a, is a sex crime. And so you got to find out how the dad did it at the end. Yeah. But it's it's but it's you know, getting there. That's that's the yeah. Getting the there part. is the yeah. fun part. And if you're on your phone the whole time or doing something else, like you skip all that. And so, like, why are you watching the show? You know how it's going to end. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, it, the thing to me is that and the the other thing that i think is great about star trek the next generation it's really great about all of the original star trek franchise is that they were limited they had these very small budgets with which to work on they had uh for for an entire season you would have you know less than what they make an indie movie for these days indie uh and so what it does and i i firmly believe this limitation is the seed of creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you just have unlimited scope, unlimited ideas, you, you'll go there. But when you have, when you're locked into a thing, you have to do a, you have to, yes, we can show the outside of the ship. We can have a little space battle, but that, that is going to eat away at what we can show in the rest of the season. So you have to use it sparingly. You have to use it to the right amount. So there's there's so many episodes of TNG where the climax is not 
a space battle with yeah. ships blasting lasers at each other like there's no tomorrow. The climaxes are often these escalating tensions between two characters or three characters or whatever, two yeah. groups that we have to then push through a con into a resolution. And because they couldn't just cut to like, what's the cut to the car chase cut yeah, to the chase yeah. is, is the, the thing. Yeah. Uh, they can't shoot the rodeo to fill time. They have to like fill that with something. And so they have to, okay, we have this idea for a show, uh, but it's only 35 minutes. We need a B plot that is also interesting. We need to expand on these characters in some way. Uh, you know, the, and then there, there are so many episodes about like people challenging their convictions. There's this great episode yes. where yeah. Jordy is, is stuck on a planet with a Romulan Ooh, they that's rescued a great one Romulan. Yeah. And that the rhyme. So the like the A plot is there's there's three plots kind of happening. The A plot is the Enterprise crew trying to rescue Jordy. Yes. The B plot is Jordy and the Romulan on the surface trying to become rescued, which they can't because there's some ad- atmosphere phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. And then the C plot is the Romulan that they have on board is dying. And the Romulan ship is coming at them. And there's, you know, we have they have we have 45 minutes before it gets here. Yeah, right yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, of the episode yeah. is gonna get here. And this Romulan is dying, and he's gonna die in 43 minutes. And the only way to save him are some like cells that are in Worf's blood. And Worf's family was killed by Romulans at Kittimer. But so Worf has to compromise and save the face of an enemy using his own blood. And the the Romulan's like, I don't want your fucking dirty Klingon blood. Uh-huh. And there's this whole fucking thing where, where Picard's like, I want you to do this, but I can't order you because yes. my convictions don't allow me to do this. Uh-huh. So you need to go fucking think about it. And Warf is like, fuck you. I'm not saving no motherfucking Romulans. <laughs> and, and at the fucking end of the episode, Warf doesn't save the fucking Romulan because he can't do it. Yeah. And the Romulan dies. And they're like, Fucking all out war is going to break out because you wouldn't give this fucking Romulan any blood warp. And Warp is like, I can't compromise. I can't, yeah. I can't compromise yeah. who I am to do this. I know it's wrong, but I, I just can't overcome this thing. And then Jordy comes in saving the other fucking Romulan from the planet and averts, averts total war. And all those fucking stories have to tie together into a nice little bow in 45 goddamn minutes. Yeah, yeah. Fucking incredible writing. Yeah, incredible yeah. writing. People who, like, work and hone their craft, not people trying to be like, my life as a white woman in Hollywood is so terrible. Let me show you how men hit on me. No one's hitting on you, you fat bitch. Not one fucking man is fucking is hitting on you, you dumb fat bitch, she all writing bitch. It, they were stories about people. Yeah. They were stories about people. Like you can, God, you're not I, even I agree with the Jordy part of that episode. Cause Jordy has, you know, you know, in the, in the show, he's, he's the chief engineer, but like, he's, he's not like social. He's, he's a little socially inept. He's, you know, he's not machismo. And so they put him in this situation where he has to like socially, like get this Romulan on his side to help, help them survive. But also like he has to, um, his visor stops working. His visor stops working. Yeah. And so they have, Oh man, they have to work together, but also like he has to use his like awesome science brain to survive this terribly physical, like terribly like physically enduring situation. Ah, that's a good episode. Yeah. It's a a fucking great episode, man. And, and like those, that's, and, at the end of that episode, no one's like Worf 
you're bad. Yeah. You're bad for doing this. Yeah. They're just stuck with it. There's a great, there's a great scene in, um, I think it's the gambit Riker and Picard. Uh, Picard has been killed and he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's impersonating an archeologist because they're, they're hunting for this Vulcan artifact. And then Riker ends up being on the ship too. So now data's in command. Yes. And, and data's never, data's not really been in command before, but he's a third officer. So he's uh-huh. a second officer. So he's in command. And now Worf, is acting as the first officer and yes. he's normally a tactician and Worf just keeps fucking grumbling and moaning and uh-huh. shit about all the kinds of fucking bullshit. And, and finally, like he data's like, we're keeping the ship right here until we figure out what to do next. And then they, they come figure out what to do next. And they take the ship off and Worf goes, fucking finally, fucking about time. You fucking robot piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Except he doesn't, you know, anyway, no, no. He's, he's, he's very, he's a lot more professional. And Data's like, Mr. Worf, please see me in the ready room. And they walk in through the ready room and the doors closed behind him. And Data spins on a dime. He's like, yep. fuck you, Mr. Worf. Yep. You don't fucking talk to me like that. Yep. Oh, goddamn bridge. You fucking yep. look at my ass. Look at my fucking robot ass. I will <laughs> your ass. You motherfucker. But he keeps it all professional like. Yes. And he just like dresses down Worf and he's like, if you can't fucking do what you're supposed to do as the first officer and some Support my decisions and stop fucking questioning me in front of the crew. I'll fucking put you back at tactical and find yeah. a new goddamn first officer. And Worf's like, you know what? I was wrong. I apologize. Yeah. I'm sorry if I ruined our friendship. Or no, Data, Data says, Data says, I'm sorry if this jeopardizes our friendship. And Worf yes. goes, no, yeah. I'm sorry. What I did jeopardized our friendship. I, I hope you'll forgive me and I hope we can still stay friends. And Data's like, I agree to that. And I'm like, that's two goddamn professionals. That shit doesn't happen on Star Trek now. Now they're all fucking crying and shouting at one another. And the person who's acting like a jackass turns out to be right. Like this, this shows like this will not exist anymore because our writer, the writers of TV shows are too hyper-focused on their own stupid, petty little bullshit lives. And they are too dumbed down by, uninteresting things to make a show that is worth watching like this. Star Trek The Next Generation is maybe the apex of television. It might be the last time television was good. (laughs) Anyway, so that's my do get. Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, apex of television, absolute amazing storytelling. Yeah. It's, I loved it as a kid. I love it as an adult. I have loved it my entire life. And, and I'll continue to love it because you can just you can just continue to watch those shows again and again and again, and you can continue to be inspired. You yeah. can continue yeah. to see those people as role models. You can continue to want to see them succeed, even though you know the outcome. Yeah. Uh, so that's my do get, and that is uh that's that's all the the do gets for this show so this has been here's what i don't get i'm tab burt i'm tim the halo breaker we'll see you guys next week see ya If you want to call into the Here's Where I Don't Get Hotline, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can visit us in the Discord under the voicemail upload channel. We've got a way to uh, listen to some voicemails there. We've got quite a few voicemails this week, Tim. Nice. Um, nice. Also, I don't know. Yeah, I mentioned it. This is our six-year anniversary episode. Six everybody. years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what I don't get is fucking slow drivers. So, make a right turn. 
cocksucker on the left's going way too fucking slow. I need to be in that left lane, but lo and behold, there's a fucking retard in the right lane, barely going fast enough to pass the cocksucker. Finally passes the cocksucker. You know, I'm behind the guy passing the slow cocksucker. <laughs> Finally get around him. Oh, and guess who wants to be in the fucking lane in front of the slow fucker? Oh, the fag that, God damn it, drive faster. Fuck. I, that, the slow drivers in the left lane make me want to shout into space. I was driving this weekend, I think it was down to Tulsa, and I got like this huge backup, and it was all because there was like a, a guy with a fifth wheel travel trailer going 15 miles an hour under the speed limit. Yeah. It's like, dude, get off the fucking interstate with that. Oh, I clicked on the wrong, with the wrong button. Here we go. Here's what I don't get. When Burger Andy calls Americans, Call each other's significant others. Boo. Yes, yes. Boo. I don't get boo. What is that supposed to be anyway? I mean, did they shorten up Jigaboo and say, oh, that's my Jigaboo? Or what? Or they try to be ghosts. Is this a ghost thing? In which case, when you say spook, it's just like, oh, that's my spook. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. There's so many better ways to say that boo. I think it's supposed to be bow. Like the French. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but they're not, like, educated. <clears throat> this one, two of these came in while we were recording today. This one came in earlier tonight. Here's what I don't get. The busted-ass Burger King mobile app. So, first thing I do is go to offers, and I put a burger in there that has a sale price on the app. And then I go and add a medium fries and a medium drink. When I go to my cart, it offers me, oh, loyalty, free upsize of your drink or your fries. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So I upsize the fries. Then I look at my cart. It removed my burger because upsizing counts as an offer. Oh. Okay, so I go back to the offer screen, and I remove the offer for the upset fries, and I re-add the burger. Go back to my cart. It removed the fries completely. God fucking damn it. Now I have to circle around again and re-add the fries. Fucking fix your shit. Don't eat at Burger King. Because Burger King offers that fucking Impossible Whopper bullshit. And until they <laughs> remove that from their menu, I refuse to eat there. <laughs> also, when they until they re- promise to stop giving me diarrhea. <laughs> uh, here's one transcription not available. Pee. Was that just the word P? I, I think so. <laughs> Anyway. Here's what I learned, Dad. In Season 7, Episode 11 of the Classic American Documentary Series, Mr. Ed. Ed gets his job at a convenience store. While working there, he has long, drawn-out, overly verbal conversations on a main topic with all of his friends and customers. 
During his break, him and his friends go up on the roof and play hockey, which of course Ed is victorious at. What I just said, the rooftop's not big enough for a regulation hockey ring. <laughs> I love the uh, the Mr. Ed updates. Me too. Uh, this it's one's a podcast, for you. like a podcast within a podcast. Yeah, this one's for you. Hi, Tim. Yeah, fuck it. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Did not call back. Oh, amazing. Uh Thank you for the very uh, long and informed voicemail. That kind of those kind words. Yeah. Here's what I don't get. When companies get cute with the shape of their UPC code on their packaging. Oh, there's a bite taken out of the UPC on the hot pocket box. Oh, uh, uh, my tortilla shells are shaped like the Alamo. How adorable. But now I have to scan it 16 times over the fucking worthless, barely functional self-checkout before the stupid thing works. Thanks. You know who has it right? Great value 40-pack water has UBC that stretches Runs the whole fucking the whole package. top of the yep. damn package. Yep. Now that is how you make your UPC. Yep. Then you don't have to like worry about it being folded in a certain spot. It's just like, that's not scanning here. Let me move yep. two inches. Boop. There we go. Done. Uh, we were talking about this. I think we were talking about this in the signal chat with all the, the co-hosts recently. We were talking about that whole fucking trolley or turning in your cart bullshit. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause the argument is that uh, you return your cart. Like people who return their card are benefits to society. Mm-hmm. People who don't return their cards are not benefits to society. But here's the real criminal, Tim. I have the answer to the cart problem. You want to hear the real criminal in this situation? The real mm. criminal is the slow decline of the service industry. Yeah. When do you remember this, Tim? When we were kids, I remember distinctly, we would go to Albertsons. There was an Albertsons at 21st and Sheridan. There was now uh, yes, just an empty husk. Yeah. We would go to Albertsons. We would put all of our groceries in the, in the cart. We'd take our cart to the checkout. We'd put all of our groceries on this big spinning circle thing. It would spin circle to the cashier who would scan all the groceries. Then the, that person would put it on another circle thing, which would spin it around to a guy who would put the groceries into the bag. Then that guy would put the bags into the cart, and then you know what happened to him? Valet service. That guy would take the cart out to the car, put the groceries into the trunk, and then take the fucking cart back to the store. Now, and then and then it was like, well, we're not having the guys walk him to your car anymore. We hope you understand. There's like a safety thing. They might get raped and murdered out there. <laughs> and it was like, well, that's fine. I can put the, the groceries in my own cart, no problem, my own trunk, no problem. Yeah, but then yeah. I just, I just got to put the carts in this thing, and then that guy can come get them. And then they were like, uh, we're not going to have that guy bag of groceries anymore. Uh, the checker is going to bag at the same time. It'll be fine. And you're like, okay, uh, I guess that makes a certain amount of sense. I will stack my groceries on the cart in the way that they go into the fridge so that they can't possibly fuck this up. And then they do because they're all stupid. Uh-huh. And then they're like, 
Look, our checkers are too busy to fucking bag your groceries. You stand your dumb ass at the end and bag your own goddamn groceries, and I will just scan them. And you're like, okay, uh, that sounds fine, too. I'll do that, because I've now completely forgotten that a guy used to put that shit in the back of my car for me, and now they have you scanning your own fucking groceries. You got to fucking put them in the cart. You got to scan them, and they want you to put the fucking cart back. Fuck you. Fuck you right in the ass. We used to have a job for retards that were fucking unemployable. It was called pushing carts to my fucking car and putting my groceries in the back of my fucking car. Now those fucking people think that is their $15 an hour to fuck on McDonald's orders. And I'm supposed to put away the fucking grocery cart? Fuck you. I'm fucking pushing the grocery carts out of traffic. You sons of bitches. You're going to put a fucking thing on there so if I drive it past that yellow line, it's going to lock up like I'm a homeless person trying to steal things. And then the thing just fucking locks up in the store for no fucking reason because it's not designed well. All of this is hell. They've created hell for us, and now they want you and me fighting because you put your car away and I don't. It's not my fault. The guy was supposed to put the cart, the grocery in the goddamn trunk, and they're supposed to take the trunk cart back into the store. It was a perfect system. There were no carts in the, in the uh, parking lots when there was a guy putting the groceries in the cart. He pushed the cart the last fucking 20 feet. The stores did this to you. Never return your cards. Never return your cards because I mark my goddamn words. Just like Aldi, where you got to put the fucking quarter in the little thing, fucking under your little chain. Mark my words. One day, they're taking the corrals out of the fucking parking lots, and you're going to be walking that shit all the way back to the store. <laughs> fucking prediction right here. <laughs> you have very strong shopping cart. I have very strong opinions on everything, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have no weak opinions. All of my opinions are buff. They're buff opinions. They're the best opinions. They're huge. <laughs> yeah. I solved it, man. They they fucked us out of this 30 years ago, and you we didn't even see it coming. Anyway, well, this has been uh, episode 312. Here's what I'll get. If people remember in episode 300, when we were ending the show, and I said we were going to change the format i said give us 12 episodes yeah yeah to really kind of figure out the kinks and we didn't so uh <laughs> bye guys <laughs> so here's the thing i have i have gotten some feedback people largely seem to like the new format of the show and the kind of like ever-changing host situation but if you have negative feedback if you have positive feedback uh leave us a voicemail let us know. Send a uh, comment on Patreon. Leave a comment on the website. Leave a comment on our YouTube station. Send me a message on Discord. Even if you're like, I fucking hate the new show. Tim is the worst co-host. I hate him so much. Like, I'll read it and I'll be like, I won't tell Tim though. So. <laughs> but like, I am curious if people like the show still or not. If people aren't liking it, then there's not really a point in keeping going. So let us know. Uh, until next time. See you guys. Bye.